The Podcast Republic app wants to make it easy for you to find your favorite podcasts. I just think everyone who wants to listen to podcasts should be able to favorite their favorite podcasts and listen to them instantly on their favorite devices. They don't even want to make you pay for the privilege of getting your favorite shows. I firmly believe this should be free to all citizens of the world at large. They have a four and a half star rating with 70,000 reviews on the Google Play Store. But why trust them? They don't sound like this. Podcast Republic app is available for free on the Google Play Store. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is a man who knows the value of a well-placed sunset flip. The Macho Andrew. Andrew Lano. And the bummer is that, like, they said that so many times, but they didn't, like, point out, like, this is what it looks like. He calls, he, like, there was no, like, there you go, there's the sunset flip. I was like, would have been helpful. (laughs) Did you know what it was when it happened? No, I have have an idea, because there's a lot of flips going on, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So we, in uh, tying into Fighting With My Family, which is a movie that has surprisingly done extremely well for itself for being a movie about a British wrestler. Uh, Well, she wrestles in America, but uh, Paige, the WWE wrestler. We watched an 80s wrestling movie, also about ladies wrestling, called All the Marbles. Or the California Dolls, depending where you are in the world. Yes, yeah. Uh, Apparently that phrase is an American uh, cliche. So, we watched All the Marbles, and you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's the California Dolls. Something's gotta be about the California Dolls. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So we've got Peter Falk back on the show. Welcome, sir. The title is also in quotes and has an ellipsis in the beginning. So <laughs> Yeah, it, it is a weird, weird choice. And then they don't say that phrase until the very end of the movie, at which point I'm like, oh, okay, they finally said the name Could of the Could have movie. just been called the California Dolls and been a perfectly fine title for the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think the California Dolls is a better title for this movie. Mm-hmm. So that was an improvement. Uh, also, co- special costumes by Bob Mackie, and I lost my mind waiting to see these special costumes by Bob Mackie. They are so cool. Because he is legendary. If you don't know, listeners, uh, think- I don't know, so let's just, just explain well, to me, you, too. The way you reacted made it seem like you- No, just the co- I knew exactly what it meant, yeah. because the costumes at the end of the movie are um, spectacular. So he is this renowned, insane designer. He designs for Cher a lot, um- he designed for the Carol Burnett show. He designs for RuPaul and a lot of drag queens. And, like, basically what they come out in, the, the Bob Mackie costumes, It you're like, oh, it looks like Cher coming out for a concert in the 80s. He's known for opulence and over the top and wonderful. Yeah, these are definitely those things. Um, we don't see the good costumes until the very end of the movie. Yeah, but it is worth the price of admission, let me tell you. Yeah, it's it's really dope. They're they're like a, a common thing, and it's kind of spread out a little more now. But a common thing in wrestling today is people have elaborate entrances for WrestleMania, so they'll have a special costume made for WrestleMania. Some people have started to do that for big events, bigger beyond that. But 
WrestleMania always has the coolest costumes, the coolest entrances. That's when they bring in like a live band to play or whatever. So it very much reminded me of that, of like, oh, this is the big matchup. It's time to step up our outfit game. Yeah. So the other, my one thing with this movie, and I like the whole time watching it was thinking about this, that that they don't explain whether or not this is real fighting or kayfabe wrestling. Thank you. Because I wrote later, I was like, I guess this is real fighting because there's no like, yes. there's no discussion of like no of chore- choreographing or like sense semblance of a story structure for these matches or whatever. It's just like we're gonna fight. But there's a sequence where after a match, the California Dolls have won and the De- – what are the Tigers from? Uh, Toledo. 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 I almost said Detroit. I was like, oh, that's the baseball team. <laughs> um, the Toledo Tigers are like, we were supposed to win that match. And I was like, oh, okay. So they did go off script. So I still, having watched the full movie, don't know if the well, characters – I don't – so that one was the one where – I th- okay. So the if you look up the movie, this movie – Every description is crooked but charming, you know, wrestling manager, da 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 And so I was like, oh, he's crooked. And then they don't show him being crooked for 30 minutes of screen time. And then even then, it's, like, sporadic. And so they, I think the idea was, like... What does he do that's so overtly crooked? Well, it, like I said, it's not even overt. But so, like, the guy at a, at a store is like, that'll be 28, 29-something. Oh, and the... He, the, the- pulls out his money and he clearly has five dollars left in his hand he goes i only have 25 do either of you dolls have a five and i was like that's that's the crook this is the first sign of crookedness this right yeah it's he i wouldn't call him crooked at all thrifty uh you know it's just it, the, the penny pincher it annoyed me that the movie was unclear about their relationship because it's it seemed like they hated him but he yes. liked them, and I was like, "This is weird. Like they should all be on this one page. It's weird that it would be one sided either way." Yeah. So let's do the thing here. We, we we've rambled a bit there, but we start with a wrestling match, and the ladies I think are awesome right off the bat. Like they're not taking any crap from anybody. Um, I really think, and I know, yeah, I can tell you're gonna roll your eyes at me, but I, the first five minutes of this does a decent job at setting up the three of them individually. I, I agree with you about the relationship between uh, Peter Falk's character and the the California Dolls is not great, but I feel like I kind of get a good picture of who Peter Falk is. I oh yeah, get no, a good picture I, I of Molly. Their I kinda... individuals were definitely clearly established. It was the relationships that I thought needed work. Yeah, and so like it's very clear to see that the dolls have an, a long existing relationship. I to me, it feels like the three of them have been traveling for a while, and it's interesting because managers aren't really a thing in modern wrestling, but they were huge in '80s wrestling, and that was like a big part of it then. Wasn't but manager a manager, or was he? He no, he was a an announcer, and then he was like an on screen wrestler figure in the '90s. Okay, but like. Miss Elizabeth, Randy Savage's former real life wife, was a was a manager character. She like, you know, she would escort people to the ring and be a manager. Um, there are many great managers over the years that would like. They would usually give you a manager if you were bad at talking on the microphone, so that someone else could do that part for you. Okay. And so they'd basically be like, you know, the only person who currently has a manager is Brock Lesnar, and he doesn't really talk, so. They stuck him with a guy who's a great talker so that they could have this, like, huge mountain of beef over there. And then a guy who is, like, an overweight, uh, balding man talk on the microphone. And he doesn't have to do the punches because you're like, I, well, that's ridiculous. Who, who, who was this guy? Yeah. So 
I thought he was going to be like a wrestling manager and that he was going to be like jumping up on the apron and he was going to be getting hit with stuff and like doing all the shenanigans. Well, a couple times. Yes, but he actually is their manager, as in like he is securing dates for them. Yeah, he's the he actual is, like, job of manager. He handles the money and just so that's like when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, awesome. Like Peter Falk is a wrestling manager. It's a it's a women's wrestling movie. I hope it's not obnoxious and gross. Mostly not. And there were moments. Th- 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 there's some pieces, but mostly not. But I was like, 15 minutes into this, I was like, oh, he's actually their manager. Yeah. <laughs> like he gets 15%. Uh, they get catcalled in the first like 10 minutes of the movie, and yeah. I was like, oh, I wanted I wanted her to just like pick him up and el- what do they call it? Aero helicopter ride, airplane ride. Uh, it's called an airplane spin. That I was like, I was, shoulders. Yeah, I just wanted her to be like, oh yeah, yeah. That you think I'm better half naked? Whoa! And just like pick him up, spin around, throw him into his friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a little bummed that we didn't get that, but but decent. Um, there's also a weird thing that happens where the first twenty minutes or so, fifteen minutes, Peter Falk only speaks in quotes from other people. It's so weird, and I don't understand yes. why it's a thing. And so we get in the car with him, and he explains why he did that. And then as soon as he explains why he talks that way, he stops doing it, which is great for the movie. But from a standpoint of Character writing, development, it what makes do do? absolutely no sense. Um, I hate listening to these. The sound mixing in this movie is terrible. The matches, because there's so many matches, and some of them are last like four seconds. And I was like, why do right. why we need this new match? Like You could have just extended the, the, the previous one. But the audio, the, the, for some reason, they didn't put in any crowd audio. So it's just the individual wrestlers screaming at each other with no background to, like, blend it out. So during the one where they're fighting the um, the two Asian women, it's just screaming for, like, seven minutes of the just, yeah. ah, 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 ah. So I actually, and I know, I, I think we're going to end up being pretty far apart on the opinions of this movie, which is fine. But... I actually liked that because if you look, there is almost no one at these matches. And one of the things I really liked about this is how gritty and grimy and like 70s wrestling this movie feels like because they're playing in these poorly lit arenas. There's like 40 people in attendance, all of whom are probably very drunk. And so it's logical to me that there isn't a lot of crowd noise. I do get it from the standpoint of like you're watching a movie and people are just screaming, but it also felt very real to me because it's like they're, they're at some bingo hall, right? Like they're at the VFW post and there's 42 drunk guys there. No, so I, I got like that, that kind of rang true to me. But here's the thing. So I, I actually have a, a, a personal anecdote for this. Yesterday I went to see my best friend, uh, her roller derby team came to Philly to play a Philly team. And I was like, yeah. oh, cool. I'll go. I'll go. I haven't seen you in a long time. I've never seen you Derby. I've never seen Derby outside of the Harley Quinn comics. I'll go watch. And she was like, yeah, it's at this place. Da, da, da. And the day of, I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to be like, how long is a match? I'm going to be like 25 minutes late. And she's like, oh, they're 90 minutes. You're fine. Also, uh, it's a cold, it's a really cold in the warehouse. So make sure you dress warmly. And I was like, oh, I guess they call it. It's not an arena. They call it a warehouse or whatever. And I get there. And at first I'm like, where am I? Because this is legitimately <laughs> a rundown, derelict warehouse. <laughs> you're you're in the the part of Goodfellas at the end where he's like, no, 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 go down that alley, go get the coats down that alley, and you're like, I'm not going down that alley. I know who you are. Yeah, but then you turn around, and the building behind the building is a really nice parking lot. 
And I was like, this is, it's surrounded by like broken window warehouses. Okay. And then I, I was like, I don't know what, I don't, like, there, I don't know what door to go. Like, there's no open doors or like banners that say like roller derby league. It sounds like you're going to like a club rave. It, like, a, I'm sorry, like an underground rave. It was. So my boyfriend used to go to underground raves and was like, this is what it feels like we're doing. But then I saw there was a food truck by a door. So I went in that door and it's this sure. giant warehouse, like, huge massive like foot straight out of footloose where like half of it is empty and the other half has two ring two like skating or one is raised one is flat and that that this room which was a random i guess it is technically the the league the tier three or division three women's roller derby had more people and more crowd sounds than these matches yeah, but I think you probably actually had more people than some of these, like, you know, original or uh, initial matches. I also, like, I think it's the second match where it happens. There's a pinfall attempt, like, someone, get you know, gets down for a pin. And this ref makes this huge acrobatic leap and turns in the air and lands and starts counting the pin. And it's just Oh, so I do remember that. Instead of just, like, sliding to his knees and doing one, two, three, he, like, leaps in the air and lands like a cat and it's just, like, into the pin. It's very ridiculous. And I wonder if it was they hired, like, I'm assuming they hired a bunch of wrestler people to be, you know, tertiarily involved. I wonder if it was just some wrestler, like, oh, I'm going to do something so my friends can see me in the movie. Probably. Also, so is it a thing that the, the tempo of counting to three changes? Because not one three count is the same. It's supposed to be smooth and even, unless for story purposes they're doing like a fast count or a slow count. Yeah, because sometimes it's like one, two, three. And I'm like, that seems reasonable. And other times right, it's that's one, it. two. And I yeah. was like, guys, what's happening? <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, so uh, at, after the, I think the second match they do, because there's, there's a few initial matches that go by pretty quickly, but I think it's after the second one, the, um, the I needed, Japanese. I needed the Rocky, like, how Rocky, they're ca- like. Chiron. Just a Chiron. Like, oh, Akron, yeah, yeah. Ohio, you know, blah, 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 New, California Dolls versus blah, blah, blah. Like, let's let's just put it on the screen. It's really easy to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um but this Japanese promoter comes over and he's like, "Hey, your dolls are awesome. I want to. I want them to come to Japan. You should come over to Japan." And apparently, this movie was supposed to have a sequel. Yes, and I was like, kind of semi excited, like, "Oh my gosh, the dolls go to Japan is a, such a logical sequel." And then when I saw they were do- they were supposed to do that and then didn't, it's like, ah, curses. Because well, I think that would have been a fun thing. I didn't learn that until halfway through the movie because I was like, "Oh, they're good. That the, the it's going to be them going to Japan. Like, no one in America will treat them right, so they're going to go to Japan and hit it big." And then the Japanese promoter took an Uber out of this movie. <laughs> uh, perhaps in deference to Japan, well, he took a bullet train out of the movie. Eh, an Uber bullet train. <laughs> well, I was waiting on the train. I, I all, <laughs> the, the Uber driver goes to Japan. He's a conductor. <laughs> He's just like watching this. Ready. <laughs> I, I was fourteen seconds early, and they fired me from the job. <laughs> um, that's a real thing with bullet trains. They are like precisely on time. Oh, and if they, I read a thing where one literally left less than a minute early, and they issued an apology. Wow. Yeah, public transport in other countries is <laughs> not a nightmare. Is really spectacular. Ours is pretty embarrassing. Uh, so at this point, 
we we get an appearance in this movie that I was like pretty sure you were gonna throw a remote control at your television. So uh, the first time I saw him, I was like, "Why does that face look familiar?" <laughs> and then he sat up, and I was like, "Oh, it's Polly with the most punchable face I've seen on screen in a while." And the sleaziest. He's worse. He's in such this movie. a good sleazeball. And I like. He's, here's the thing. Yes, you, you love. He's like. He's like. Um, Marsha Lang Langman. In Parks and Rec. Parks and like, Rec, yeah. She, they both play it perfectly. Like, you just want to punch them in the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sleazier and grosser and worse in this than any of the Rocky movies. He, like, like we've already established. I think the general movie-watching public kind of likes Pauly in the Rocky movies. I think. I don't know this I, to be yeah, sure. Couldn't but couldn't tell I, you. I think that people generally like Polly, and we very much do not. But boy, oh boy, is it Burt Young? Is that his name? Burt I'm Young. pretty sure mm-hmm. it's Burt Young. Yeah, is so slimeball in this. He he feels like a guy who pretends he's connected to the mafia. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like he thinks that he's he puts out an outward projection of being connected to the mafia, and like the closest he's been is being in the same restaurant as someone who's actually in the mafia, and, and then being and asked I to just, leave because they need the restaurant for just the exactly. Mafia, man. And then he tells that story for years of like, oh, I had dinner with with Paulie Big Nose and and Jimmy the Jimmy the Greek, and we did the you know whatever, and it's just like, no, you didn't, you didn't, Vinny you didn't Lip do that at all. From Green Book, yeah. And he's got like a big musc- muscular meathead guy as his as his backup all the time, um, and he is paying uh, Peter Falk for the dolls appearance, and he shorts them twenty dollars. And Peter Falk, rightfully so, is like, "Hey, you stiffed us," and he's like, "Oh, that's my laundry fee." Which, again, this is like stupid wrestling nerd thing, but that is like very much the kind of bullshit that people would deal with in the early days of wrestling. Of just really? like. Oh yeah, the promoters are e- like e- truly e- like seventies promoters are pretty evil people and just would stiff people left and right and like oh that not that many people showed up so all your paychecks are lighter and they run away with money and just like notoriously evil people, huh? And this is another instance where it it didn't seem like Peter Falk was trying to get an extra twenty bucks for himself. No, it all felt like he was like because he says you know twenty bucks means is a world of difference to my dolls and it's nothing to you like come on right. Which I was like, and it seems so late. Like, that's such great writing for that. Yes. And then later, it seems like he eats the fee, not them. Yeah. Because they're asking him what went wrong, and he's like, nothing. You guys don't have to worry about anything. So it's like, I he got stiffed the 20, and he gave them their full cut, which is like, not what I expected a manager to do yeah. in this if situation. If you're writing a quote-unquote crooked manager, you're not writing it well, because I yeah. kind of like him at this point. Yeah. And then he gets a baseball bat out of his truck, and he just destroys Polly's car, which I just totally love. I love that. And the I don't. it's annoying that the dolls are, like, scripted to try and stop him, but performance-wise, they are not doing much. Yeah, they're very much just, like... No, don't do that. Don't don't smash it really with a bat. No, yeah, don't. Yeah, stop. don't don't stop. Leave. Yeah. So Molly wants to quit. Uh, the 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 uh, the California dolls are Iris and Molly. By the way, um, Molly wants to quit, and Iris convinces her not to. And it's a then, really lovely moment. Yeah. No, the the two of them have really good chemistry, and they're like very believable as longtime friends who you know do this weird business together. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a shame that this movie is so weird because it's got such great gems hidden in it. I think like this is a movie that I think would do ha- would be really due for a remake. 
Absolutely. You could make a really entertaining version of this movie. And women's wrestling is kind of having a moment right now. So yeah. you could you tighten could, it up, you know, clean it up. It'd yeah, it, it would. Yeah, it would absolutely be a thing. I mean, a women's match is likely to be the headliner of WrestleMania for the first time ever this year. So you could definitely That's put something so awesome. together. Yeah. I'm surprised WWE um, hasn't tried to do that because they they think they did it. No, no, no. I mean, like, try to remake this movie because like they back oh, the oh. movie. Yeah, yeah. Now that um, now that fighting with my family was a big hit, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to do their own cash in of of a story. Um, so <laughs> they they cut to they cut from the dolls in their hotel room to Peter Falk in his hotel room, and see that's another thing in, in his favor of like not being like if he was a sleazeball, they would be sharing a hotel room. Oh like, yeah, he'd be gross. Like you know. Yeah, and so no, it's like you guys have a, a room and I have a room and we are, you know, never the twain shall cross. And uh I can't remember if Iris, Iris or is, it's Iris. Is Iris okay. Iris comes into the room and Peter Falk is like in the middle of a fight with a promoter on the phone, looking very good for being in his mid fifties, by the way. Uh, well, so so like a few moments later, a topless woman walks in the room and I was like, like oh, I almost oh, Peter I, Falk pulled that in and then they cut to Peter Falk again. And I was like, Oh wait, you know what? Never mind. He'd pick me up at uh, a bar. To use the parlance of the youth, he he's he might almost be a snack here. Oh, okay. Let's <laughs> let's ease up almost, on a snack with two. Almost, cheese. almost. He's like he's like uh, one of those like hundred calorie packs where it's like <laughs> he's, he's a moderately portioned cr- snack. And it's like clearly the lesser version of the thing that you want to be eating. It's like here's a hundred calorie pack of Oreos, and you're like, oh okay. And then you open it up, and it's just the Oreo bit and none of the cream filling. And you're like, okay, hang on a Only second. Only one wafer. I don't think you could call it an Oreo if it's just chocolate wafers. I think it is necessary for Oreos to have cream filling. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe I, that's I'm just on the same. Me. I'm on the. I'm on the same page with you. When the, the, the one like, man's Oreo opinion. bites, and I'm like, no, these are yeah. these are not Oreos at all. Yeah, if there's no sandwich filling, it's a sandwich cookie. It is part of its functional identity. Yeah. Um. So he, the guy on the phone is offering him, I think, one fifty. Whatever. It's not. It's not super important. He says one fifty, yeah. and Peter Fox says that's not enough, and they end up, you know, not coming to an agreement. And I was like, maybe it's because I'm watching this movie thirty years later, but like. I don't know what is a, a reasonable amount to <laughs> offer to seeming so. The beginning of the movie kind of paints them as these like up and comer newbies in the scene, right? But then late, like in thirty minutes, they're listed as number three in the country, and I was like, "So what happened? Either we missed I, something." I think that's the thing is like they're up and coming, but up and coming as like a a big deal, not like in their first ten matches. Oh, uh, okay. I I think, and this is entirely me. This is not in the movie, and probably should be. The movie didn't hunch- explain it. No, <laughs> soon to be on a T-shirt. Um, I think it's a situation where the California Dolls have been a wrestling team for a while, and now that they have hired Peter Falk, their star is rising. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like, I think based on the story that this movie tells, that seems to be the backstory. It would be nice if that was done in just like a quick montage in the beginning of like them losing a bunch of matches and him coming and be like, "Stick with me, and we'll go straight to the top." Or Boom, some dialogue. Okay. You know, yeah, you ladies yeah. were nothing till you found me. Exactly, exactly. Anything it's very simply, simply solved, but a, a minor problem. So yeah, I was like, I don't know what's reasonable to offer to up-and-coming lady wrestlers in 1985 or whatever. So like, yeah. is 150 a really shitty offer, or is he holding – like, again, is he trying to be crooked and get more monies and pretend he got less? Like, I don't right. know. Yeah, and and I think – 
for the status that we learn that they are, that is a very low amount. Yes. But are they like, is... Also, this movie doesn't explain how much time passes. Yes. So, again, just some simple on-screen, hey, it's this date, and this is the venue, and this is who we're facing, could solve a lot of problems here. Because also, the Wikipedia article is a four-sentence paragraph. So, because yes. There's, often, like, no info about this movie. Oftentimes, I'll go to Wikipedia, and it'll be, like, a, a decently length, like, a three-paragraph, you know, plot breakdown, so I can tell where I am in the movie sometimes. So I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm about here. There's about a third of the movie left. No, I couldn't do that at all for this movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you got confused, you are on your own. So we go to this convenience store, and I love, this is Oh, and assuredly- you missed the casual toplessness. Oh, well, you mentioned the naked woman, but yeah, she comes out of the bathroom and it's just like walking around naked. But I will say later in the movie, we get some dude butts. So we're almost equal opportunity nudity in this. Oh, I missed. How did I miss the dude? butt? I might have been writing a note. When was that? When they come to the ring for the big match at the end and the dudes carry them into the ring. Oh, I was They're right. all wearing I was too G-strings. busy. I was too busy writing notes about Bob Mackie costumes to notice. Well, the you. Dude <laughs> You were so busy writing notes about Bob Mackie costumes that you missed that all of the men are wearing silver glittery G-strings. And, I did write and that's how I want to uh, enter for a live <laughs> show. So um, so we go to this convenience store, and I this is assuredly like Peter Falk being in his fi- mid-50s. He pronounces the candy bars incorrectly. He pronounces them as singulars, where he's like... I don't want a Snicker. I asked for a Three Musketeer. I, who likes a Snicker? I don't like a Snicker. I want a Three Musketeer. And I was like, I'll give you the the singular Snicker, but there are three Musketeers. Oh, that's funny. Mr. I'm Falk. the opposite. I will give you a Three Musketeer bar, but I won't give you a Snicker bar. Because <laughs> you can Snicker. Like, that is a word. But, like, you couldn't say Three Musketeer because they are a group. Yeah, but it is the name of a bar. So a Three Musketeer bar. I can, I'm 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 down for the drop in the ass on Three Musketeer. In any case, I just love that he says these candies incorrectly, and they left it in the movie. This movie, okay, so this movie is an hour fifty. It could easily be a tight ninety and infinitely more enjoyable. Yeah, the final wrestling match is five minutes too long, and I say that as someone who likes wrestling. <laughs> and I disagree for the first time about the length of a wrestling match in a movie. <laughs> um, I also love that he has a custom tag for his car that says tag team well i'm guessing they did that to get out of having to make license plates because uh Polly also had a custom license plate had a vanity plate that said his name oh so i'm thinking it's because <laughs> you can just print those up or like paint them on cardboard and stick them to a car uh, that does make sense yeah so there's this sequence here where we're talking about things that you could cut out of the movie. They have like a fight over what to listen to on the radio, and then they pull over and have a fight on the side of the road, and then they go to like another convenience store, and one of them tries to buy cigarettes, and and Peter Falk gets the bat out again and hits the cigarette machine, which just like ejects cigarettes. It's like in uh, it's like the scene in uh, uh, not Total Recall, Maximum Overdrive, when the cigarette yeah, machine. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, cool, they're set for cigarettes for the rest of the movie because it's like at least. 25 to 30 packs of cigarettes that just spit. Oh, for sure. And then five minutes later, she's he's like, I'm out of cigarettes. Can you, can you bum me one? I was like, how? Yeah. How many are you smoking? Well, 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 if you notice, they stop and scoop them up and he doesn't even turn around. He's like, get in the car. And he's like throwing the bat back in the trunk while they're like frantically trying to stuff cigarettes. Like kids in a, after a pinata. <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> 
But he doesn't even, like, glance at them. So it's like, wait a minute. If you smoke, pick them up. Yeah, do your part. Um, uh, we go to an, we go to another match here, and it has the worst uh, booing overdubs I've ever heard in anything. It's very much like you see the person's mouth open, and then from, like, a tape from 1945, it's like, click, click, click. <laughs> It's like the strangest choice. I don't know if they just got bad audio and had to dub it later. Well, I wrote the sound mixing is aggressively bad at this point. So yes, yeah, that one is a total mess. Oh, and this is the one to mention. Molly is a pill addict. It's yes. not important at all because no, it gets it's resolved. <laughs> she decides to not be a pill addict, and guess what? She's no longer a pill addict. <laughs> yeah, at the at the end, there's a very weird scene where she's like, "Look." And she holds her hands out. She's like, I have been clean for two days. And I was like, wait, did she stop smoking? And then I had to backtrack it, like scrub through the movie to try to figure out what she quit because I could not. Yeah, they mentioned the pills twice because I think Peter Falk hands her a prescription, like a fake prescription. Yes. It's very bizarre. It's just a totally useless part of the movie. I think there's a few different segments that got cut out. To get down to this 145 runtime, and, and Lord, that must have been. I one don't of think them. I want to see the two hour 15. <laughs> There's like a secret three hour cut of California Dolls, like and Blade people Runner. are just like, yeah, people are like, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, it's gonna, no, we're gonna get the like, someone's gonna find it on like Reddit and piece yeah. it together and be like, here it is, <laughs> like, like the Star Wars. I was gonna say it's gonna be like the Star Wars. <laughs> Where they like the fans painstakingly recreated the original movie without the special effects add-ons? Yeah, it's illegal for you to uh, recreate or s- distribute any Lucasfilms properties. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the part where um, Greedo shoots first is integral to the movie, and that's how I always wanted to make it. It's definitely not uh, like you know part of the roguish figure of Han Solo that we painstakingly created. Jar Jar Binks being CGI and in the movie is very important. Side note, I watched Solo finally, and because it's on Netflix and I was just looking for background noise while I was writing an article, and oh my god, there is so much of that movie that is just people elbowing you in the ribs about stuff that you remember from the other Star Wars movies. It is the worst type of like the movies elbowing you in the ribs yes like han has this thing that hangs from his rearview mirror in the in the actual star wars movies that people care about and there's like wait there was a a, rearview mirror in the millennium yeah like like a not okay it's not the rearview mirror i I wasn't giving you shit i was giving the movie shit i was like we didn't call this out hypothetical rearview mirror he has like a thing in the cockpit this is like dangling chain and there is like painstaking effort to show you him acquiring this thing where it's just like i don't care about the keychain i do not how could anyone care about the keychain and then like the the kessel run which has been like a dissected thing over the years of people being like a parsec is unit of distance not time and then people talking about like no it actually is supposed to represent him like blasting through this in the shortest amount of jumps they like overwhelmingly nudge you in the ribs to be like wow I guess you just did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs and then before it it's like hey look we gotta do the Kessel Run oh my god the Kessel Run the Kessel Run the Kessel Run and I was just like the record's 15 parsecs 
How could anyone care? How could anyone care? Why is this in the movie? My favorite was when they were hyping that movie up and everyone was like, oh, you got uh, your mom's book club's favorite director, Ron Howard, to direct this movie? We don't care anymore. They were like, you're going to learn some secrets about Han Solo, like where he got his name from. And I was like, I just assumed his parents. I assumed, enough, <laughs> I assumed he was born with that name. I assumed his first name was Han, and that his parents' names after their marriage or whatever happens in space was Solo. But no, Han, also, you didn't know this, was a fighter with the Empire and, like, signed up with them. And then they were like, what's your name? And he's like, Han. And he's like a street urchin kid. And the guy's like, what's your last name? He's like, I don't have one. He's like, Han solo oh i thought clack, you were gonna write clack. i thought you were gonna be like it was like an ellis island thing like where are you from yes, i'm alone no, and he just writes okay you're solo go on that is exactly the sequence except it's him like enlisting in the in the imperial army and he's like the empire or whatever and he's like he's like no clan huh han solo click 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 and i just hated it i just hated it it's so stupid it's also like a perfectly fine movie, like it's fine, but there's just so many parts where it's just nudging you in the ribs about stuff. And I, and I We're guess gonna get for that people, brigade of Star Wars nerds, oh, I don't like, care. What do they call Imperial all, Five Five Five? Whatever, whatever. The fart monsters is what they are. They're the oh, lo- we're gonna, the we're, ones gonna re-edit, we're gonna refake the Last Jedi with fan money. I hope you all realize that you could cure cancer with that money. Go spend it productively, you giant dorks. They're the ones who do, like, Civil War reenactments, but with Star Wars. Those people show up at hospitals, and I am not going to give them shit. Like, they do kid promotions. Well, I already talked about how they and <laughs> they do do not like the Star Wars musical parody, because yeah. it besmirches the good name of George Lucas. Yeah, yeah I, th- they're probably too into it, but they show up at hospitals and, and bring joy to sick children, so they're fine by me. I'm not going to talk shit about those people. But the Dorkasauruses who are like, oh, we're going to fan-fund the fan fund to remake The Last Jedi. I hope Why that are they doing you- that? Do they not because like it has Jedi? girls in it. Yeah. Oh, no. wait. Are you effing kidding me? No, this is a real thing. They were like, we're going to crowdfund a billion dollars, and literally that's their goal, and we're going to make remake the movie without without Ray in it, because she's a Mary Sue. You can't see my face, audience, <laughs> but good Lord are my eyes Anyway, <laughs> Anyway, that's a lot to talk about Star Wars in a podcast about a wrestling movie that I actually liked, so I want to, we'll get back on the track now. I'm sorry, but I did, I did see Solo for anyone who cares. Um, the dolls win here, and this is back to the, is this kayfabe wrestling or, or not? Because the dolls, I would assume based on their actions are a face team and And the tigers seem like a heel. Yes. And the tigers are doing perfect chef's kiss in both this match and the one at the end tag team heel wrestling moves. I particularly personally love tag team wrestling more than any other it's my favorite form of wrestling it's the, i i get more into it i think the stories that you can tell with a tag team are are fascinating and i will take like your average tag team match over your average singles match any day of the week these two ladies are fabulous with the like one of them sticking their knee out and then they the other one gets thrown into the knee like they throw their opponent into the knee so the ref can't see it or like working little punches in when they're in the corner so the ref can't see it it's fabulous it's so good that's that's again a, a thing this movie suffered of is like is this supposed to be WWE WWF style wrestling where it's like right. there's pageantry to it or is it supposed to be like for just fighting because 
it's it seems like it's supposed to just be fighting, but it's staged in a way that has all the pageantry of like WWF. Yeah, it, it, the only thing that doesn't make sense to me is the fact that this is real because everything else about it seems like you know standard '80s wrestling. Yeah, because after the match, when the dolls win, we're in the tigers' dressing, not dressing, changing room, I guess. Oh, dressing room is fine. Um, it just sounded so like theater. Um, I mean, wrestling is theater, so it's probably fine. Locker room is probably the term that they would use, but dressing room is fine. Dressing room is what they call it in hockey, actually. Oh, really? Uh, huh. Mostly, yeah. So they they say we were supposed to win, and their their manager says like I asked him to do like hey. He's really like walk about like beat around the bush about it. Like I asked Peter Falk if there's anything he could do, so I guess there's nothing he could do. Like, what does that mean? That's not how you fix a match. You yeah, fix a I match didn't... by handing three hundred dollars and saying, <laughs> "Look, you're done. You're getting paid for this match plus a bonus to lose." Yeah, well, like <laughs> normally in in wrestling, it's it's predetermined, of course, but there are instances where people have gone off the script and like actually started to fight people, and it always looks terrible. So the fact that they're doing these acrobatic moves, all of which need the assistance of the other person you're fighting to be done successfully, yes. leads me to believe that As it's not lift work and dance. Yes, right. Right. It's very much like choreographed with two people to be executed and look cool. It's very confusing that they didn't just make them wrestlers, especially given like all the sleazy backstage promoter stuff they're doing. It's just is like one element to me that doesn't make sense with the rest of the movie. Because like there's points when they're like, our dignity would never let us do X, Y and Z. And like sometimes it's legit stuff. And sometimes I'm like, well, if it's scripted that like this is the point in the storyline where you have to lose, just lose. Right. Exactly. It's just you lose and then later you win. Like this it's just part story of the story. Is this. Exactly. Uh, Peter Falk also gets clobbered with a stool here, and the it's stool beautiful. the stool explodes like it's a Saturday Night Live prop, and just I just foam. really All love foam. it. Yeah, exactly. It's styrofoam stool, and it's like he hops right back up from it, and I was like, wait a minute, you need to sell that you got hit with a stool, Peter Falk. Like, you should be dead. You're 60. <laughs> exactly. I don't care that you look like that. You should be in pain. Uh, and then so the dolls and the tigers talk shit, and then we smash cut to a whole new match for 30 seconds. And then that yep. match is over. It doesn't matter anymore. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why it's there. They go to a, a carnival town with this real, like, shit-eating grin dude who's clearly important in some subpar local politics is showing them where they're going to wrestle. Or wrestle. Yeah. This is wrestling. Yeah, this yeah, is wrestling. They're, they're literally mud wrestling. <laughs> And he's like, oh, you're meddling, you're wrestling in the mud. And they're both girls are like, uh, oh, fuck you very much. Goodbye. Yeah. And then Peter Falk makes the very good point, And I, I actually agreed with him here, although he should have been upfront about it, which is, hey, this is a signed contract with your name on it saying you got paid $500. We can then leverage this against all future offers to be like, hey, they're getting 500 bucks a night. I'm not taking your 150. And they, of course, are like, yeah, but we're mud wrestling. So I think he should have pitched it differently because it was kind of sleazy. When yeah, he don't did. bury the lead because then all, right. but also like this isn't 2019. If you do this embarrassing thing, all you have is like a newspaper that might report on it. Exactly. Like, no one is going to go digging through the microfiche of Missoula, Montana to find out that you did this. It's not gonna, like if this is today, you're like, hey, this could end up on YouTube and Instagram live and Facebook live. And this right, is right. Live forever online because tangentially related. There's like a weird and it's definitely a fetish thing. 
thing where people pay young, good-looking wrestlers to have wrestling matches in this, like, and many... Oh, you talked about this before. Yeah. Did I talk about it on the show? I don't know. I don't know what's okay. on the show, but has I apologize. I apologize if this is a repeat, but there are new listeners out there. But there's, like, this weird... I think it's one person in charge of it. I don't know all the details of this because I watched what like someone posted a, like, oh, my God, look, this guy's WWE champion. Look at this video. And I was like, ew, this is creepy. Like, this feels like a fetish video I'm watching. There's no nudity in it. There's no like sexual stuff at all. But it just feels like it. What, and like it's he has a wrestling fetish. But it's like sexy rest it's just different in a skeezier way you like know, i don't know how else to I, explain i've it. i've met a couple people that are into like wrestling as a fetish and it's like there's no nudity it's just like wrestling but like sexy wrestling it's like if you go to the yeah. halloween store like sexy wrestling yeah it is it's like a lot of like bo- a lot more body contact and a lot more of like like squeezy moves and stuff. It's just, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's very much like that Supreme court thing about pornography where it's like, well, I know it when I see it and I think this is it. <laughs> it's like, it's not pornography by any traditional means, but it's definitely skeezing me out. And I don't is know how something else you wouldn't it. want to on your laptop screen at a Starbucks. Right. That is it's how my- you should define porn. <laughs> If I was watching this guy wrestle on WWE and my mom walked into the room, I wouldn't be embarrassed. But if I was watching this other thing and my mom walked into the room, I would be a little embarrassed. Yeah. So there's, like, that thing. And, like, that is a thing now that, like, some of these folks who are looking for money, this stuff apparently pays very, very, very well, which is another way you can tell it's for a fetish Yes, audience. you can. <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, I get it. You were trying to feed yourself. It's still basically wrestling and you didn't do anything sexual but it's like you don't want people watching i don't care well yeah i'm just saying like work no i again i i have but i think there are many career paths where that would be detrimental to it this being one of them and um it's not like a revenge porny thing because it's a commercially released product that you were in it just is a weird thing that's fair um, so they mud wrestle and they're doing it in like panties and wet t-shirts and the shirts rip open and the boobs are just flying everywhere. Well, the dolls definitely do it to each other on purpose. They're like, F this. If I don't you want to see each other, I think they did. It looked like they were doing, were the dolls wrestling each other or were they wrestling? I thought, I thought that it was that, two I, on two. Honestly, they got so muddy. I couldn't really tell the characters apart. Yeah. I thought that it was the two dolls wrestling each other, but I could be totally wrong on that point. But the part of this that I think is crazy is so like suddenly they're naked and there's like boobs all over the place. A bunch of people in the audience are like, Oh my word. And they like clutch their pearls and leave. And I was confused. It's like, you're at a mud wrestling event. Like, it's not as if this was, Oh, this is legit wrestling. And suddenly someone ripped a top off, which I could see like, look, I'm here with, I got kids here. We're watching this show, but it's like very fancily dressed old people who are just like my word i thought we were here to watch a respectable mud wrestling competition like what do you wait what do you think this is it's the same people that grow up to be part of the purge (laughs) like it's those white people on the purge yes a different sort of fetishist yeah but so like they end up pulling the really because the at one point when they like storm out the guy's like is that any way to talk that's the that was the uber driver is that yeah. any way to talk to the the recording secretary of the kiwani club and i was like yeah because that means jack shit dude <laughs> and then later he gets pulled full suit into the ring and his wife who's in a fur coat is horrified and he like 
cries about it. He's like, they got my suit all muddy. And I You're at a county like, fair at a mud wrestling ring. <laughs> right. What do you think this is? Um, They have this like nice moment with Peter Falk afterward, which I thought was kind of like a nice makeup from this thing. And then this is the point where you touched on it earlier. They get the magazine, which well, has we, a- We're going to not talk about how they bone. Now, Peter Falk and Iris totally oh, go to yeah, Bone Town. Yeah. yeah, okay, fine. We should talk about that. She calls it him a lousy up. lover, and I was like, oh, you guys had sex before? Gross. And then <laughs> it, 20 <laughs> seconds later, they have sex. Yeah, and it comes out of nowhere, and it doesn't seem to, like, it did nothing led up to this in a way that I was like, oh, this is logical. Like, they, they are in a couple. It's like, no, th- but then they are a couple for the rest of the movie, kind of. Are they? Because that's also, it doesn't go, it doesn't build up to this, and doesn't go I mean, anywhere. he kisses her full on the mouth before the match starts. Like, I the mean, final match. Yeah, but it didn't seem... Like oh, I thought that was like definitely a tender moment there, and then he's like rushing to defend her against Polly. I don't know. I got the impression that Peter Falk has the feels. He probably does, but this movie's not clear. Um, yeah, no, they have they they do have sex, but as we as I said, hundred calorie pack Peter Falk in this movie. I get it. I get why she's into it. That's all I'm saying. I uh, I mean, I don't this get why she's like, into it. I get why is, people would be in this universe. This is not like. Peter Falk, Columbo, disheveled, ridiculous. It's like pretty with it, Peter Falk. Yeah. So somehow they end up in a magazine through like it, it should have been Peter Falk like made this happen, like grease some wheels. Right. Absolutely. Because so, later he uses it as a way to like get them booked and like you know calls these promoters and is like, hey, you saw the dolls in the magazine, page this and this, and it's definitely a situation where he should have been slipping somebody a hundo to get them in that position yeah and he so this wrestling magazine is also over 88 pages yeah because dude dude old wrestling magazines are like textbooks but that didn't look like it looked like a nickelodeon magazine length <laughs> i thought the cover looked exactly like there's all these great if you're easily squicked out do not google this because they are almost always covered in blood but there's like a lot of magazines from the 70s and 80s with like Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, and all the guys from that era. This looked just like those magazine covers and even had a bloody guy on the cover. No, no the, the cover was fine, but like I'm talking about the thickness, like the thickness of the magazine looked like a Nickelodeon magazine. Oh, you, you're saying it just looked very small. Okay. Yeah. And then it they're in like the middle of the magazine and they're like, we're pages 87 and 88. And I was like, wait, what? It's How like a big... 200-page magazine. <laughs> yeah. It was the <laughs> September issue of Vogue for wrestling. I, hey, I'm telling you, man, of that era, that is very accurate. These wrestling magazines were full of photos and stuff. Um, So he's calling this woman, who I guess is important, but like only shows up twice and isn't actually that important. Yeah, they make her out to be the big you know, head honcho promoter of the country. And then I thought she would be the one that they led up to working with and they don't. Nope. She shows up with uh Paul Lee and then Ubers out of the movie. Um, but he's like, he's like, Hey, did you see the magazine? And she's like, yeah, the wrestling magazine. I saw it. And he's like, go to page 87, 88. And she's like, yeah, I saw it. And he's like, there's a whole picture of them. And she's like, Hey brah, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it any further or more directly than that three-word sentence, but I saw it. So they they end up getting booked a match there, and then they lose a match by a heel pin where she like uses the ropes as leverage, and then that's like a whole big thing. It's also unclear what is against the rules and what's not, because they're yeah. like they'll say like that's against the rules, and the refs just 
There's no, there's, there's, it's just, it's Outback. No rules, just right. Welcome to wrestling, where the rules only matter if it's part of the storyline. But this isn't storyline wrestling. That's what I mean. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's truthfully, like, the, 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 there are all sorts of rules which they kind of observe in this movie and kind of don't. Like, later, when a referee gets assaulted, that's an instant disqualification. <laughs> like, oh, but that it is... was so satisfying. <laughs> I had oh, an yeah. idea. I, re- I rewrote the end of the movie for that, but. Okay, well, we'll get there. But, like, yeah, you can't grab people's hair. If, if someone is against the ropes, you have to break up whatever you're doing in five seconds. You can't use the ropes to aid you in a pin. If someone is being pinned and they grab the rope, they break the pin. There's all sorts of rules regarding that stuff. Again, the movie does not explain any of this. They could no. very easily have done that with, like, some, you know, dialogue or something. What I needed was that scene in Karate Kid when they're looking around the gym and they, like, explain all the rules and show, like, examples of infractions to the rules. Yeah, yeah. Or just, like, have a scene where Peter Fox's like, that's against the rules. And the ref's like, you're right. And he, like, you know, calls it or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, get off the hair. Yeah, there was too much hair pulling for it to be, for it to be against the rules. Because yeah, it is. Yeah, you, you definitely every other Every other move in every match. <laughs> you definitely cannot grab people by the hair. That is, like, a heel 101 thing. Uh, Peter Fox also carries a blind person's cane. For a prop joke? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. And it doesn't come back to any use. It's not, it's never highlighted. It's just there. And you think a guy with one eye would be like kind of sensitive to that? Like wait, in real life? Hang on, wait. Is that why his eyes are kind of crossed? Because one of them. Yes, we've talked about this every time we do a movie with Peter Falk. <laughs> I only remember the Muppets. We did the Muppets. We did Vibes. I forget he was in Vibes. <laughs> I forget. It's like a foundational character, and I feel like one other thing. Yes, he has a he has a glass eye. Famously, has only one eye. Oh well, good to know. <laughs> um, speaking of Peter Falk, mild tangent. I promise this will be very short. I was watching the Spielberg documentary that HBO put out, and they touched on the fact that he directed a bunch of TV, including the f- one of the first episodes of Columbo, if if not the first. And so I was Wait, really Spielberg intrigued by or that. Falk. Steven Spielberg directed the first okay. episode of Columbo with Peter Falk. Peter Falk is Columbo. Um, and I watch it, and it is – you definitely can tell Spielberg directed it. Like, there's lots of little flourishes that feel very Spielbergian. But the other crazy thing is – and I, I ended up talking to mom about this. It was kind of the style at the time, to, to um, borrow a terrible phrase from The Simpsons. Um, you find out who the killer is immediately in Columbo, and then you watch Peter Falk figure it out. But you, as that the audience, so unsatisfying. I know you, as the audience, like know who the killer is, and you would think it'd be very unsatisfying. But it is actually quite delightful to watch him like work his way into making people confess with his like you know astute observations and whatnot. Um, hmm. I watched just the one. They call Columbo a TV show, but it was like TV movies they would do like eight of a year kind of deal. Not oh. really a TV show in the traditional sense. But we will definitely do a Columbo at some point. So I will figure like a, out. It's like a BBC show, basically. Honestly, honestly, <sighs> what they would do is they had like four different variants of this, and it would be like the Sunday night movie of the week. And it would like the one week would be Columbo, and then another week would be a Kojak, and then another week would be something else. And then like a month later, it'd be Kojak another Kojak was the lollipop one, right? Yes. Um, but we'll definitely do a Columbo at some point in the future, both because I like Peter Falk and two, because like, I actually really enjoyed watching that episode of television, despite the fact that it was 40 years old and most old television ages like fish. So 
uh, to borrow Bruce Campbell's phraseology. I'm just borrowing phrases left and right. But surprisingly holds up. So I can also vouch for the first episode of Columbo if anyone else is feeling in a Peter Falky mood. Anyway, Polly comes into the into the backstage area into the dressing room and like sleezes it up, you know, in his very, very Polly way. And he ends up taking Molly out, and then we find out the next morning that they slept together in order for the dolls to get booked on this show. Molly's like, all right, I will sleep with you. And, and it felt very un-Molly. It did feel very un-Molly, for one. For two, Harry is, uh, Peter Fox's character, is like a huge shit about it and hits her, which is just all kinds of fun. And there's up. a dumb music cue for that. Yes. It's like a yeah. Golden Girls, like murder she wrote music cue yeah it's really like you should feel this way now music cue um but i also was like bummed about the fact that they don't talk about it at all like obviously it was far more of the time then and watching this movie 40 years after it was made you're you know we have a different set of standards in society and we talk about this stuff all the time like the world in which we're watching these movies is vastly different than the one they were created in mostly to the detriment of the people who existed back then. But man, like I wish we had any level of discussion about how much it's awful that this woman was basically like put in a position of sleep with me or lose your career and had to sleep with Polly of all people. And it just kind of just is part of the fabric of the movie. Yeah. I, I needed a Catwoman moment of like, look, I made a decision and I used my, like I, I, I needed, I needed to feel like she had the power and right. like she made right. the decision, like, or, or I needed like disgusting like force, like it needed to be one of the two, and not this weird middle ground where like, whatever. I just slept with a guy, and I was like, wait a minute, like the Molly I've known for the last hour of a movie. Yeah, and and later when it comes up again, she's like, we both got what we wanted out of this. I was like, can't you have said that forty minutes ago? Like, like, also, very did much- you get what you wanted out of this? Like. I mean, you still had to sleep a, with him. Yes, like, they did. But you they didn't got get that. The championship match, like the big time, big match. Like that's what she wanted. That she wanted a shot at the title. Anyway, I just wish they had addressed it. Like they do kind of address it later, but I just, I just wish it was done more at this point. I um, agree. So they go and play craps, and Peter so Fox, Peter Fox somehow, like, oh, you, ha- you girls have like a fifteen hundred bucks to your name. Cool. I'm gonna go gamble it, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I was like, oh, here's the sleazy manager, and it, no, it's sleazy because he has loaded dice, and he goes to an illegal crap game, switches his dice in, uses them is a this bunch. Guys and dolls, like Jesus. <laughs> He finds a crap game, is able to palm his own dice into the game with no one noticing. And then take a, them at the end. Yeah, shoots a bunch of dice, palms them back for his, into his pocket, show, shoots the real dice, loses, and just bounces. And then these two guys are like, oh, we're going to follow this guy, beat him up, and steal his money. And he, like, rushes ahead, gets the baseball bat, and whaps these two goons with it, and then robs them. So he <laughs> rushes to his car. With enough time to unlock, to fumble with the keys, yeah. unlock the trunk, get yep. the baseball bat out, shut yep. the trunk, run yep. back towards the direction he came and hide before yep. they're able to get outside. And I was like, you know what else you could have done in that time? Driven Just away. Driven away. <laughs> Just driven away. But instead, he like he Nancy Kerrigan's the first guy. He goes <laughs> it's kind of great. He's just like holding his knee and like screaming. It's very much. But Nancy also Kerrigan. asking for a doctor. He's like, you can't like you, you broke my kneecap. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you gotta you gotta help me. And Peter Funk's like, hey, give me your wallet. And he puts the bat against his throat. I wish there was a moment of like, you were gonna mug me. 
yeah. and beat me up. So <laughs> yes, about, I can. How about you crawl to it, you piece of crap? Yeah. So he steals. So I was like, "Would you make an extra two hundred bucks max off these?" <laughs> Not goons? E- I guaranteed these goons are having less than twenty dollars and walking around money. <laughs> guaranteed. Can you, can you imagine if it's like you know when you del- order a pizza delivery and it's like our drivers carry less than twenty dollars on them? Yes. Can you imagine if it was like our hitmen hit carry less than twenty dollars? <laughs> Please don't beat them up and take their wallet. <laughs> Or, uh, Peter Fogg broke this dude's kneecap for like 11 bucks and a quarter. Like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe 15. Maybe. Well, the other option, I was like, oh, I bet. Well, he's, cause, so they show Peter Falk running down the stairs and running away. And then they show the guys running down the stairs. And I was like, oh, I bet the ladies are going to be like waiting at the That's bottom. That's what I thought it was going to be. It was like, like a total sedu- Batman thing. Either like seduce or beat up. But I was like, no, they weren't involved at all. Like, it should have been like, oh, hey, can you help us? We're like, pretend to be a helpless lady and distract them. They were going to have like the hood of the car up and be doing like standard damsel in, the, in distress. Yeah, thing. Like, like I thought there was going to be something. Yeah. Oh, my radiator's broken. Can you can you help me with this? Like standard issue thing. And no, Peter Falk just wallops them. Because when Peter Falk opened the trunk, I was like, oh, he's going to climb in the trunk and the girls are going to be there. And, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why that made sense to my head in my head. Yeah. But. Were you having another morning martini while watching this? Is that no, why that made not sense? this time? Well, I was because I was like, oh, uh, of course the ladies are going to be involved in this ladies wrestling movie. Yeah, no, no, it's just all it's Peter Fox's little moment to shine. Um, so he gets together with the ladies and they get back in the car and they drive to Reno for the big championship bout. And they at waste the MGM. some of their money on polishing the car. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I also would have liked a scene where he like called a calls ahead and does a nice thing for them. And is like, Hey, I need these costumes. This is what I'm thinking. This is the, these are their measurements so that like when they arrive in their amazing costumes, there. Has, yes. Yeah. Yes. Very much the scene from Vegas vacation where <laughs> Wayne Newton sends Beverly D'Angelo a dress. I wanted that. Like they come into their room and there's these like, these we're the gorgeous- only people who know Vegas vacation. <laughs> I know, I know. I just rewatched it too. It was on uh, like Prime or Hulu, one of the one of the many streaming services I pay too much money for. And I was like, "Yeah, all right, this feels like a good Tuesday night." <laughs> and I was, I enjoyed so much of how bad it is. Like it's, I have such a fondness for that movie, even knowing full well it is just not good, even a little bit. But it's like. For whatever reason, it just is like a, a treasured relic to me, even though I'm yeah, aware it's so, it sucks. It's so bizarre. Yeah. There's a few movies from my from like exactly that era of like 98, 99, 2000, where I will like happily rewatch them, even though I know they are just garbage. <laughs> like, yeah, they're they're just trash. And I just I can't I, I, I will never not want to watch it. So this music director that I'm working with on the show. It was talking about how uh, he's like, so I know the Little Mermaid back to front. And I was like, I wouldn't expect that from you. And he was like, so when I was, I had a skull fracture when I was young. And in the hospital, I had three VHS tapes. I had the Little Mermaid, Uncle Buck. And I want to say Predator was the third one. (laughs) And he was like, I watched, I could now quote all of those movies back to front. Wow. And I was like, that's what a, a lovely weird collection. trio to give to a child with a skull fracture. It's such a lovely collection. Maybe it wasn't Predator. I can't remember, but we'll I, say it's Predator. It being Predator makes it so much better. I really hope that it was Predator. 
Um, oh, and they have this That's really amazing. cute moment where they get to the hotel and a squadron of bellhops come out, like straight out of the Tower of Terror in Disney World. Yeah, they swarm. And like take all the stuff and the dolls are like, what? Why? And he's like, you have to carry, you don't have to carry your own stuff here. And it's a really cute moment of them being so excited to be in such a fancy hotel. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially because we saw the quality of digs they were staying in across the country. They were staying in supernatural motels. (laughs) Exactly. The kind of place you can rent hourly with no problems. (laughs) Um, And this is where my deep cut reverence, his relationship with Iris kind of reminds me of like Albert and Rosie from Bye Bye Birdie, where like... (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to go a little more explanatory on that. Where like you, generally speaking, like I don't... The whole time, I'm like, he's not doing things that make me like him and understand why they are a couple. But I'm just supposed to take it at face value that they're in love. And I'm like, yeah, it would be great if the movie if did something to set that up and explain things like, what is he doing? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I would have liked either have him either delete the romantic subplot entirely, which I would be a okay with. Super or, fine with me. Yeah, like it, it doesn't really add anything. Or that like gorgeous twenty a- something Iris and in decent shape 50 to 60 year old peter falk don't have to bone weirdly enough no yeah they could totally just be as we've said many times it's entirely possible to have platonic relationships with people of the opposite sex for some reason that doesn't exist in movies they can just be friends right um so at this point so this is where i got confused because what i thought was going to happen was the um the california dolls were going to face off against the toledo tigers and then whoever won that match was going to fight Mama Giant. Yes, that is the impression I got too. That like she had a tag team partner, Big Mama, and they were gonna, Big Mama. I was I, I thought yeah. Big Mama, but I was like, that's the owl from Fox and the Hound. That no, can't it's be Big it, right? Mama. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. I thought Big Mama was the champion, but no, it's just like an undercard match, which is fine. But it just was not explained well at but, all. Then why was Big Mama there at all? Like, was she just doing a meet and greet? Yeah. Well, no. Big Mama's the championship. She has a singles match. Oh, that was unclear. So no, if you look when they drive into the hotel and their names on the marquee, it's like for the world champ, world heavyweight championship, Big Mama and name I can't remember, tag team titles champion Toledo Tigers. Tigers. I, God, I I cannot remember that name phrase. and a noun. It's, well, I, I was like Toledo Lions. Nope. Uh, Bears. To- oh my. <laughs> the Toledo tigers versus the california dolls for the for the tag team championship so she's just another wrestler but they introduce her as a character in the last 20 minutes of the movie she doesn't do anything except like commentate backstage to a guy that we don't know and then so the movie I spent ends the whole with- last portion of the movie being like oh the the match with the tigers is gonna go quick and then it's gonna be them fighting yes. her and yeah. then the match with the tigers keeps going and going and going and i'm like oh man you must have been so confused i did so like i looked at the time i was like there's five minutes left in this movie are they gonna breeze through or they're not gonna fight what's happening <laughs> so um I have a party every year uh, for the Royal Rumble, which is like a wrestling pay-per-view. It's like by far the easiest one to understand if you don't watch wrestling. The rules are very simple. We all throw some money in a pot and we do this party. It's it's a really, really good time. Uh, I it The party has gone from like a few skeptic people to people being like, can I bring a friend? Can I come to this thing? Like it's, it's, a, it's a good time. Um, but this year, the Royal Rumble went on till midnight and those things air on a Sunday. And it was just like... I kept being like, well, I don't understand what's happening because they have to be over by 11 because wrestling pay-per-views end at 11. And it was like, 
10 o'clock. So did someone hit. go off script? No, they just had their wrestling card booked until midnight and didn't tell anyone about it in advance. And so we kept being like, I kept being like, this year there were two Royal Rumbles, one with women and one with men. And I kept being like, okay, well, the, the Royal Rumble takes at least an hour. And it was like 9.30 came and went, 9.45 came and went, 10 o'clock came and went. And I was like, okay, maybe they're going to be a little bit over. It'll be a fast Royal Rumble. 10.15, 10.30, 10.45, 11. And my poor friends, like, around 10.40 or 10.45 it started. But I had, like, all these people who, like, came over to eat barbecue and watch wrestling. And I was like, I am so sorry. I realized that it is a work night. <laughs> like, we all have to go to work in the morning. I don't know what's happening. You had that exact reaction, but with this movie of, like, there is not enough time for another match. What is happening? Yes. Um. So... Uh, Big Mama, the owl from Rescue from Fox and the Hound. <laughs> yes, the Fox and the Hound owl animated cartoon. Person. I would. That is a much better movie if it's Big Mama drinking beer in a dressing room, yeah. commentating on this match. I'm into that. I'm into that. Um, she calls Polly into her dressing room and is like, "Look, I am the effing star of this." And everywhere I look is the California Dolls t-shirts and posters and koozies and air fresheners and everything. And I don't understand. And I was like, that is weird. I wonder why everyone is wearing it. And I was like, oh, it's because Paul is giving out free stuff and merch so that everyone looks like they're big fans. Peter Falk, not Polly. Thank you. Peter yeah. Falk is doing that. Peter Falk spends a lot of their money to make it look like they're a big deal, which I think is like real genius managerial That's work so smart yeah he uh grabs like a he pays the organ player and then he grabs like a huge group of children and pays them all 40 bucks to learn a bunch of songs so he can like give them little cues and they start singing like a theme song for them and it pays off beautifully shortly after it's like one of my favorite oh, yeah. sequences of the movie but yeah i really like him being like the old school like hey come over here kids i'm gonna give you all 40 bucks and you're gonna learn these songs and like slip in the organ player a sick you know 50 60 wear this t-shirt wave yeah. this pennant yeah it really is is genius and it's still a thing they do now occasionally of like planting people in the audience and giving them stuff it's so smart um so then they come in the room with these giant in the dressing room with these giant brown bags like trash yeah. bags and i was like are these full of merchandise t-shirts i thought that's what they were too I was like, what is happening? Because then he's like, you have to hide them when someone comes in. And I was like, what? You're not allowed to own merch? Yeah, I was very confused. And then I was disappointed that I was like, wait, you had these amazing costumes and you put them in a trash bag? Those should be in garment bags, yes. you fool. Or a, like a carry case with, you know, bulletproof, you know, protectant around it. Um. So then we find out, oh, uh, Molly is quitting drugs and quitting wrestling, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. not clear. It's unimportant. No, Molly's it's, not important in this it's movie. A quick, it's a quick, like, hey, I, I'm off the pills, and also I'm done with wrestling after this match. And you're like, wait, what? This match came out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. Um, this is where we get the title of the movie. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Mean Joe Green, which feels like a weird get for this yeah, movie. It is, I have the exact same note. Like, what a weird cameo that they like, got Mean why Joe Green. You just get, I feel like you just get, like, Ric Flair or... Or yes, yes why is it not a wrestler? <laughs> like any, first of all, wrestlers are the most carnival show up for a paycheck people in the history of the universe. Ric Flair, absolutely, maybe not Ric Flair, he was, might have been too big of a star, but like you absolutely could have gotten a decent name wrestler to show up in this yeah, movie. Macho absolutely. Man might have shown up. 
Yeah, I mean, he's probably not a big enough name at the time, but yes, like, there is no way you can't slip a 250 bucks to a wrestler to show up for two hours of work. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to get all oiled up, because they show no. up in a suit. Yeah, or like a tank top and, t- and jeans would have been fine for this role. So then it, they're like, it's going to be a 30-minute match, and at 30 minutes, if there's no winner, the Toledo Tigers stay the winners. And I was like, that's that seems unfair. Well, no, that's that's the champion's advantage. The you can't win the title by disqualification, or oh. or if there's a time limit, you know you have to beat them in the time limit. Um. So then they so they announce the Toledo Tigers. They walk in the ring. They announce the California Dolls. It is well the Tigers. Po- I, I will say I know you're. I'm gonna. You have all the time in the world to do the thing you're gonna do here in just a second. I will say the Tigers also have cool costumes. Like before we saw the dolls, which are a different level entirely. I was like, oh, dope. They have like tiger tails and their jackets are tiger yeah, striped. Cool. And then they take their jackets off and their, their, their leotards are tiger striped. Like it's, it's cool gear. gear. It's, it's cool gear. Sorry. They spent a pretty penny. Um, it, it is. A pr- so they call the dolls name. They don't come out in 45 seconds, and the yeah. crowd goes bananas. They're like, I don't understand what's taking the dolls so long. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been four. It's not even been a minute before people start losing their mind. Well, it is a, It is weird to be like, and now our challengers. But, like, also, in my brain, I'm like, this is filmed, so, like, maybe they're repoing the cameras to get them. Maybe, nah, like. Nah, nah, that would be weird. Even, like, a live wrestling event, that would be weird. To me, 45 seconds seems like whatever. You cheer that, and then you of, show up. Think about 45 seconds in terms of theater production. Like, yeah, that's, that's, missing a, that's, that's missing a cue by 45 seconds. Like, if someone was supposed to come on stage and they missed their cue by 45 seconds, you would be no, screaming. To me, in my brain, it's like if the curtain didn't open, like, waited 45 seconds to open. Like, that's not that big a deal. Yeah, it's. I, I, I think you're mentally framing it incorrectly. I think it's like... Someone is supposed to make a big entrance, and they are forty-five seconds late for it. Okay, that is a bigger deal than the curtain yeah, going up. Yeah, yeah, I think you're. I think you are misaligning this analogy in your head. Okay, uh, so this is, and then I wrote all caps. This is what Bob Mackie came for. <laughs> well, first he, Peter Falk cues up the the music, and then the crowd There's starts two singing. different music cues. <laughs> yes, he has. First, it is like a "We Want the Dolls" chant to the organ player and then it's like the california dolls are the best wrestling team it's like a full song that he's it's like a it's it's like a 60s movie theme song where it's just it's the title of the movie and a brief synopsis of the film (laughs) yeah yeah exactly uh and so at first it's these like hunky dudes come out and like silver heart like like harnesses and i was like oh are they being carried on one of those like Egyptian like yeah, royalty things. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be too. Yeah, yeah. And no, they're just sitting on shoulders posed for the gods in these like silver headdresses with platinum blonde wigs and silver outfits that have wings with poles so they can raise their wings and lower them. And they get in the ring and it's just like choreographed walk 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 pose pose wing up yeah. wing down. It's and the awesome. audience loses their mind and I was like why a, that's how I want to enter a live show. So if we, if, uh, if Patreon, if we get to 88 on Patreon, <laughs> yes, I'll uh, make that happen. We will, we will certainly try to make that happen for a live show, but you are going to have to pay someone who's not me to carry you. Just oh, so no, I have, I know people, in, I know people in Baltimore. <laughs> I got people in Baltimore that'll carry me. So okay. we'll make it happen if we hit that. And then the, the ref is like, they have to take off their makeup. 
Yeah, which is like, wrestlers wearing makeup is not that weird. Dude wrestlers wear makeup. Right, yeah, I do, it's very strange. Um, and then we get a lot of repetition. The beginning of this match is kind of boring. It's a lot of repetition. It's It's very acrobatic versions of chain wrestling, which is like the same five moves in sequence over and over again. It's like me when I play any fighting game. You just yeah, button you just, mash. Yeah, yeah. But they're doing like really cool acrobatic stuff, like way ahead of what traditional women's wrestling was in the eighties. Like hmm. way, way, way. This is before advanced. Glow Time, right? Yeah, but Glow was not this good. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was not as there was not like flying head scissors and and uh, all these acrobatic things in Glow. It, it actually is a funny thing. Uh, I was watching this behind the scenes thing of glow which is a very entertaining show. have you watched it Mm-mm. Uh, you would it is like so directly in your wheelhouse i know <laughs> I, 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 it's literally it's, it's on the it's on my list if i was like oh let me think of the ingredients for a show that andrew was like <laughs> it's set in the 80s there's cocaine everywhere the outfits are <laughs> ridiculous it's almost entirely women um <laughs> there's it's a lot about friendship and also there's some cool stunts in it it's like like just a list of things that you like <laughs> You should it's really like watch when I, ch- I was trying to split. Someone was like, "I was like dumpling." It literally checks all of my boxes. Right, right. Glow is this. It's like it, it, literally the first season of Glow. I felt like someone like cracked my brain open and just poured it out into a plate and was like, "Here's the show for you, buddy." Um, even though it's about it wrestling, which you don't know about, you should definitely watch it. But there's a really entertaining story with Glow where uh, Allison Brie was talking about they as part of like learning wrestling, like started watching wrestling matches and people would like recommend stuff to them. And so they were watching it and they would come in and be like, Hey, I want to do this move. And their wrestling trainer, who's a guy who has like, you know, a zillion years of wrestling training is like, I can teach you how to do that. But the women on glow did not do that. Like you, you did, you, there was nothing like what you like. That is not a move that you should be doing on this show. It's very much like, you know, 10 moves that everybody learned and you worked through them. Like you, there was not a moonsault and glow. You're not doing a backflip off the top rope. Like, no, there is, there's no need for you to learn that. Um, and this is, so the match is fixed by Polly. So Polly bet, um, he paid Peter the Falk. ref off. Well, first Polly bet Peter Falk 900 bucks that the dolls would lose. And Peter Falk's like, I'll take that. And then he paid the ref off. And like, here's the thing. If you're going to have, like, the refs being paid off, it needs to not be, like, it shouldn't be the most audience to the in-world audience. Right. Like, there are people there with eyes, and they're watching this clearly fixed ref and turning on him very quickly. And it's also bizarre because Crooked Referees is, like, a staple in wrestling as part of uh, the... uh, standard script of wrestling like that's a thing that happens at least once a year in wwe where it's like oh the crooked referee counted too fast or whatever like that's a thing that you can make part of the show but the crowd is furious at them and it's not part of the show it's like a fixed boxing match basically yeah it's very bizarre and i was like so but the audience is isn't happy how how are you gonna fix this because everyone's gonna be like hey this match was fixed and rigged Right. Which exactly. isn't fair to the people of color who are the antagonists in this scene. Right. Nor is it fair to the people who paid good money to see a real fight. A- allegedly real fight. Well, again, in the in the story of this movie, wrestling is real. Yeah, it's like boxing. You're right. Because um, there's several moments of just like two on one where like two ti- both tigers against one doll. And it's like, hey, referee, like in this universe, this is, an al- this is a very illegal thing. Right. And that, though... 
from the standpoint of like viewers watching is classic heel tag team stuff. Yeah, where but it's like, like again, we're, we're not. It's not. This movie isn't established as a kayfabe universe. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is like this is a classic. Like they borrow the beats from wrestling as a scripted thing, but are playing it straight, which is why it's confusing. Because what this should be is like. Yeah, the ref is colluding with the champions. They they paid him off, right? They're doing all these things. And then the dolls, despite all these obstacles, are able to overcome and win and become the championships. It's like a cool story to tell. Like, that is a fun Yeah, I mean, it's narrative. every 90s sports movie, but sure. Right, right. Well, that's like a classic wrestling thing that they easily could have been doing. But instead, it's there's this third party who paid off the ref, and the champions don't know about it either. So you'd think the champions even though they like want to keep their titles would be like, Hey, wait a minute. Like we're cheating. <laughs> like it doesn't yeah, make any it sense. Seems like they should, they should give a shit. Yeah. Which is why my rewrite ending is even better. <laughs> so as I said, there's like some classic heel work here. There's the, the tag team partner who's not in the ring sticks her knee through the ropes. And the, one of the dolls gets thrown into the knee. She's throwing an elbow in the back. It's really fabulously done stuff. The only um, thing that they don't do, which I would have liked to see them do, is the classic tag team thing of one person's getting the absolute snot beat out of them, and they're, like, trying to get to their partner to tag them in, and the other team keeps, like, catching them just before they can do it and, like, resuming the beat down. And that then would be fun. finally you build to the tag where, it like, all hell breaks loose. So they don't quite do that, which I was hoping for, but, you know, minor quibble. would have liked that. Um, so in my rewrite of this movie... The dolls realize they're not gonna, they can't win this match and realize that the ref is rigged. And so, what they do instead is they, like, when they're in a grapple with the tigers, are like, Look, I need you. We're gonna put on a show for these people. I want you to be the ref. And then she takes the ref down, and the tigers start like, One, two, and then holding <laughs> for three. And then they, like, flip him into a new, like, throw him against the ropes and, like, take him down. So, like, the Tigers are just dancing around, like, because clearly they they have to, like, if the timer hits 30, right. then they win by default. Right, And right. the dolls are just like, okay, cool. Works for me. Boom, boom. And just, like, the rest of the 15 minutes is this, like, shitty ref getting the crap beat out of him. Yeah, I would be all right with that. I do like when the, when uh, Peter Fox like, you got to hit the referee. And then they and she just starts- she- <laughs> Walloping him. into him yeah and it is beautiful to watch yeah and it's, it's very so satisfying very cathartic for the audience to watch her just lay waste to this doofus so the dolls start getting the upper hand at this point uh she does this bizarre move that like the and i know you're gonna give me crap about this but the only way to describe this is a butt slam like she's repeatedly a butt slam she like Oh, does he use that? Term? I think the, okay. the movie says it's okay. like a, a booty, a booty blast or a butt slam or something. She like repeatedly picks her up and smashes her butt first into the canvas. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, that's going to hurt your tailbone. That's painful. Sure. Sure. It's just weird looking like it's a weird choice. The tiger is like, eventually is like, please don't do it again. Please don't do it again. She's like, oh, oh, what's that? Because I think the doll or like the movie should have made the dolls think the the tigers re- fixed the match. Well, they do sort of like Peter Falk keeps going to their manager and is like, did you do this? Did you do this? And her manager's like, I don't know what's going on. This is weird. Yeah. So after the butt slams, Iris gets knocked outside of the ring, and she gets a pretty wicked wound on her head, which would have made Ric Flair very proud. She's bleeding all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, Then they end up doing the sunset flips in stereo and doing a double pin, 
And the ref is genuinely like, I don't know what to do here. And it's like, what do you mean you don't know what to do? Just count the pin. Like, th- yes, it's odd that they're both doing it because only one of them is legal in the match. But just count the pin for Everybody's the legal- pinned right now. Right. <laughs> like, just count a pin. And so he's just standing there looking around confusedly. Peter Falk hops up on the ring apron and starts counting one, two, three over and over again. So in this sequence, wrestling is real. And they hit these women so hard they were down for like a 40 count. Oh, yeah. And so the whole play starts chanting one, two, three. And then um, the ref finally does it. And Polly is so pissed. Yeah. And Peter Falk takes his money and punches him in the gut. Yeah. And then Big Mama, they cut to her in her dressing room. And she's like, first of all, she's drinking beer the whole time, which is very on brand for 70s, 80s wrestling. And even though she has to wrestle later. And she is like hooting and hollering. So excited that the New York Dolls win. She's never met these women before. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, the New York Dolls is a band. Um, <laughs> she's never met these women before. She has no connection to them whatsoever. She hated them the last time we saw her with, like talking about them. And now she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, California Dolls. It's I so guess you odd. Don't want, you don't want someone who's being cheated to to lose. You want them yeah. to win. And no, I get it. You, you're rooting for the face. It's it's logical. Like They're a very good heel tag team. Frankly, I'm ready for the, another match in three months' time with the, the Toledo Tigers and the New York Dolls. They have great, <laughs> great chemistry in the ring. I want to see him rewind the tape and do it again. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, they win the championship. Peter Falk is like, I love you guys. This is amazing. And then we get a freeze frame and the credits roll. Don't you. <laughs> about me. Uh, uh, final thoughts? I enjoyed this movie. My problem is just that it's it should be uh, a tight 90 instead of hour 50. Yeah, and I, I, and I hour forty five. There's a lot of padding in the credits and the opening sequence, but yeah, you're right. It's too and, long. And I wish that the because the the last like thirty minutes, the last fight is really engaging to watch. And I wish the rest of the movie was that engaging because there's yeah. little nuggets throughout the way, but like consistently, the last like twenty thirty minutes of this movie is very engaging. I, I think what would help is if there was a sort of ladder built into this of. The dolls trying to win, like the goal is the championship, and to get to the championship, we have to keep winning our matches and like make it a tournament almost where they're oh, like yeah, progressing yeah. across. So it's like, oh, it's the tag team tournament to determine who, like, if you win this tournament, you get to you get to be in the big match at fake WrestleMania, and so like they would be progressing through that. I think would be the very easy way to like kind of bundle the first chunk of the movie up in a way that feels like you're progressing in a natural order of ways that the audience would get behind. I agree. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this. Like I, I had never heard of this movie before. I was looking, I saw that fighting with my family was coming out and I was like, I wonder if there's a wrestling movie you could do. Cause I haven't like, we did the Hulk Hogan ridiculous wrestling movie, which is, I, you know, it's a shame. He's such a shit bird because I genuinely think that was one of the most fun. I, one of the ones I remember most fondly is like us looking up the backstory of him and Vince McMahon writing that movie in a secluded cabin, like just pure insanity. Um, but this is like a competently made movie about wrestling. That's yeah. well put together. It's the writing is pretty good. I won't necessarily use the word great, but it's pretty good. Peter Fox performance is outstanding. I think he's very good. Both of these women do a great job, despite the fact that they're like, basically forced to learn how to wrestle and and do all that like that's a hard thing to have to learn and then they do it competently is impressive to me yeah they do that was part of the audition process apparently they narrowed it down to eight girls and made them all go through wrestling school 
Yeah, allegedly uh, Kathleen Turner auditioned to be in this movie, which uh, I imagine if she had made it, might have made this a much more successful movie. Yeah, but also, maybe we wouldn't have gotten Roger Rabbit. That's true. That's true. A very crazy what-if scenario, obviously. Uh, one of Molly or Iris was a big-time uh, Broadway person, right? I think it was Iris. I think Iris was – I mean, whoever it was was in um, Chorus Line okay. for, and, and a couple others, but Chorus Line was the big one. Yeah, I think it was Iris. Yeah, yeah it was. I, I just looked it up. Um, but yeah, I, this, is a, this is a good recommend for me. I really enjoyed this movie. Like I said, good performances all around. You got Pauly as a great sleazeball. This is this is one of the most. This is the beautiful part of this podcast that occasionally I f- there's a movie I've never even heard of, and it turns out to be something I really enjoy watching. It doesn't happen that often. More often, it's I've never heard of this, and of course you haven't because it's horrible. Yeah, in for this a good case, reason. Yeah, in this case, it's like why have I not heard about this movie? This is very good. This is a good watchable movie that. Is entertaining all the way through. I, I really was surprised to have never heard of this before. Yeah. Especially for being such a big Peter Falk head. I mean, come on. And a wrestling fan. Yeah, exactly. Never even heard of it. So um, semi-lapsed wrestling fan might be more accurate. But, you know, I did admit to watching like 15 seasons of Supernatural. So I have to keep some level of credit. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a recommend for me. If you've never uh, seen this before, which is I'm guessing most of you listening to the show, it's worth your time to seek out. It's definitely not like a party movie you watch with your friends. This is more just like looking for a good, I guess, comedy sort of. It's not particularly laugh out loud. It could funny, have it could have, stu- it could have stood to be funnier. I will yeah, say that. It's like in the line of comedy drama, I guess, but it's a very competently made movie by a really talented cast. I, this is a rare thing for this podcast. I know, right? We're going on a <laughs> uh, kick. Yeah, but I really dug this. Um, thank you all so much for listening to the show. Really appreciate that. If you want to get more of us, uh, check us out at, on Facebook or on Twitter. It's at Dissect the 80s on Twitter. Dissect the 80s. You can search us on Facebook. Dissectthe80s.com is where you can find all you'd ever want to know about the show. Uh, you can also write us at dissectthe80s at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Two things we always like to ask from you. One, totally free, totally easy. Please review the show wherever you get it. iTunes is probably the most helpful for us, but we'll take it wherever you want to do it. Uh, if you do it somewhere other than iTunes, just email us a screenshot. We read those on the air, so we appreciate you doing that. And that's our way of saying thank you. And uh, if you would like to support us even more than that we have a patreon page where you can pledge some money and get some cool stuff uh, in reward so check that out at patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s ton of bonus episodes if you sign up at the five dollar level you get four episodes right off the bat uh so what are you waiting for that's a very good price for some very good content we will be back in two weeks with Critters tying into the release of that Critters show on the Shutter Network. Looks interesting. Yes, I not spawns. I think that is the word to to use there. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano until March twenty fifth. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.